Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this maze and matrix of light and shadow, I hope that you're able to learn to laugh in spite of it all. <laughs> learn to see the humor in this grand design cosmic joke. It feels like the joke is always on us though. Sometimes that doesn't feel good to be on the brunt end of that, but it's actually kind of funny when you see it from a higher loftier perspective, such as the higher perspective of your higher self. And you realize that all the horrible things you went through is perpetrated by, uh, dun, 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 you, (laughs) all the bad things you've been through, you planned maybe for thousands of years to go through them. You planned on going through the hardest things with the enemy that you swear you hate now your sworn enemies. They're probably your closest allies in heaven. You sat and strategized in the war room. (laughs) Not that there's a war room in heaven, but if there were, it would be where you planned and plotted and deviously planned to deceive yourself over and over and over again through the help of your very best buds. And then you get here and you forget everything and these people betray you and you think, oh my God, I hate this person so much. How could they have done that to me? Oh my God, I loved them with every fiber of my being and they did me dirty. Oh, they did such a horrible, horrible thing to me. What do I do now? Well, I can't turn to them. Might as well turn inward, glow upward, get more spiritual, become a better person, learn how to manifest someone better. Now I've got to look into manifestation. Now I've got to look into law of attraction and oh my God, look at all this spirituality. Ooh, ooh, they turned you on to spirituality through those bad actions, did they? Maybe, weirdly enough, The people who have done you the dirtiest are the ones who wanted to clean your souls the most on a higher level. I mean, they're not aware. They're just scoundrels here. And that was a role they chose to play for themselves. Sometimes you're the scoundrel too, you know, sometimes they are. Sometimes you are. Sometimes you're the murderer. Sometimes you're the murderee. (laughs) Sometimes you're the breaker-upper, and sometimes you're the (laughs) breaker-uppery. You know where I'm going with that. Sometimes you're the one that cheats, and sometimes you're the one being cheated on. So, there is this sense of a grand design cosmic joke in my mind that everything happens for a reason, and everything is a learning lesson and, and a point to consider such as when I took away my own sex appeal for myself yesterday, (laughs) the day before yesterday or two days ago now is when I, it was three days ago I did it. And then two days ago is when 
I noticed, oh shit, I probably shouldn't have done that. (laughs) That's not what I wanted. What the hell was I thinking? I couldn't get a taxi for 20 minutes. (laughs) Really crazy. That was so crazy. Sometimes you're your own worst enemy working against yourself. And I've got a friend uh, who it was like pulling teeth for me to get to see his astrological chart. He's like, oh, I already have an astrologer. And I'm like, I just want to see your chart because I see all the stuff that you've been doing to yourself for the past 10 years, how you're constantly, constantly every hour on the hour shooting yourself in the foot overthinking everything, overanalyzing everything. And I just want to know if astrology can explain this behavior because it is perplexing to me, you know, like wondering a question about a person for six whole months instead of just simply picking up the phone and saying, Hey, I got a question for you. Can you answer this or not? I wanted to know this one thing about you. I'm really curious. And that would have been it. But instead, this person's cycling through. I love him. I hate him. I love him. I hate him. I love him. I hate him. I think he's gay. I think he's straight. I think he's gay. I think I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. Oh, my God. Well, he acts like this. He says this. He does this emoji. He does this. Da, 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 da. And it's just it's like, I want to see your chart. And he's like, I'm not going to show my chart. I have an astrologer. I have people. All right. Just show me your damn chart. Just tell me. I'll show you mine. You show me yours. <laughs> And, um, he never even looked up mine, but my chart is something to behold guys. If you are a budding astrologer and you want to analyze my chart, you are going to be amazed at how intense my chart is, especially if you see the yodes in it. Those are the fingers of God where I'm literally under the thumb of God. I had to go the spiritual path which means I had to fail 30 businesses because I'm not supposed to be rich yet. I will be, but I had to be under God's thumb first. And I had to do the work of the Lord first. I had to do (laughs) this spiritual show for you guys first. I had to do a lot of spiritual growing up. That was what I needed to do. So, and it was all what I planned for myself, but I looked at my friend's chart and my God, he's got all of these grand crosses like three of them not in, and, and it's like in his chart is a big rectangle, red rectangle with a big X in the middle of it. Like he's constantly fighting against himself. And I've watched him over the last 10 years spiritually grow as a result of it, as a result of being betrayed by people over and over again, as a result of betraying himself, as a result of, um, learning everything the fricking hard way. My God, this is what he chose for himself. I was so heartbroken when I saw, I was crestfallen when I saw his chart. I was like, Oh my God, I'm not even an astrologer. And it was obvious a big glaring X in the middle of a big square squares and oppositions and grand crosses galore. Oh, Oh, I just cried when I saw his chart. I just thought this is It explains everything. You know, you could have made one phone call six months ago and saved yourself all the heartache, but you chose to speculate and conjole and conspire and talk to everyone under the sun about it instead of the one person you needed to talk to you about. Like, it's just so, 
Why work against yourself continuously and in your chart? Like, wow, that blew my mind. It blew my mind. But we all, to a certain extent, work against ourselves. You know, we all do. And it's all just seems like a big grand cosmic joke because first of all, we chose our charts. We chose how we were going to act towards ourselves. We chose how we're going to act towards others. We chose all the shit we were going to go through. And sometimes karmics come in that, that, um, aren't really, they might be our karmic lesson that we chose. And sometimes they're just people that they cause karma for you like demons that take over human bodies and then they come into your life and they're just, they wreak havoc. They're horrible humans. They just, they're not even human. They're demons, but in a human form and they just don't, they don't care. They don't love you. They don't, you know, but they pretend they do. You know, they just want to like a suck you by. They want to just suck you dry from, for everything you've got, you know, emotionally, sexually, spiritually, physically. And then they want to leave you as a dry husk on the side of the road while they laugh and point at you and have their friends do the same. You know, um, there are demons that do that. I've seen it, I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in other people's lives. I've seen it happen in, um, famous people's lives as well. It's, it's obvious when you see, you know, certain things happening to certain people and you're like, Oh my God, that person wasn't actually their soulmate. They lied that that person was like, like a karmic. They just came in to karmically fuck with somebody else on purpose. It was a demon doing it, but that person ends up being stronger in the end. They win in the end and things get better and they glow up. In the end, they probably get a little more spiritual, especially when they come through it with just nary a scrape or only a couple scratches. You know, just like my friend, um, Neil, he, I met him. I, the first time I saw this guy, I was in Santa Barbara watching the news. And I mentioned this story before I was watching the news because I was waiting for some TV show to come on that I was going to watch for a half hour. And then I was going to shut off the TV and get to studying because I was in uh, community college back then. So I caught the tail end of the news and they're like, and another news, you know, it was like one of those end of the news hour, cool stories, kind of fun, uplifting and oh my God, scratch your head for a moment type of story. The weird news as it were. Okay. That was my friend. I need to get that, but, um, I didn't get it. I'm going to have to call her back. So I, um, was watching this news, this newscast and all of a sudden, um, there was this, this guy and he looked kind of familiar to me probably cause I've lived this life a thousand times before, probably 999 times. I met this guy and he was my roommate, right? <laughs> in the future, he was my roommate. But when I meet the, I see this guy on TV and he says, and I kind of just gave the end away a little bit there, but, uh, yeah, she's just so relentlessly trying to call me. Ah, uh, sorry about that guy. So anyway, so he, uh, was in a plane wreck and the plane started to go down. And he 
just, he saw these trees. They were in the desert. There was just like one house with one giant tree in the backyard. And there was a couple other houses sparsely, but they were going down for sure. And he said that, he said the only chance we had was if I went towards that tree, that would be what would break our fall. And so they plummeted from the sky. So as they're plummeting from the sky, my friend takes over the, um, I don't want to call it a wheel, but <laughs> takes over the plane and grabs the controls and heads straight down, nose first into this tree. And they shaved the top of the tree clean off, but they lived. And my friend walked away without a scratch. The pilot, however, got one scratch on his pinky finger. And I didn't know the rest of the story until years later we moved in together. Actually, he was my, um, he lived in the back house and I lived in the front house. He ended up giving me a place to live when I was desperate. I had money, but I didn't have a place to live. And I was homeless, literally homeless, like living in a someone's yard, a homeless. I was in someone's trailer in their yard and they just kicked me out. I was desperate. I was crying. I was upset. He found me like outside of a seven 11 crying and upset. And he's like, I got a place for you to live. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he showed me where, <clears throat> and, um, and I went in there and he walked into this house and he says to this guy, John, you're out. Get the fuck out of this room. She's moving in. She's got money. She could pay. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for somebody else being homeless. No, I'd rather be homeless myself. And they said, oh, don't worry about it. We have a trailer out back. He's moving into the trailer. <laughs> he doesn't deserve the heat of the house. He's not paying rent. And John's like, yeah, that's true. And he was high on God knows what. And he says, I don't want to move the desk. I'll give it to you for 20 bucks. I'm like, deal. And then he, <laughs> he's like, good. I can buy more drugs. <laughs> so that was just John, my crazy roommate. He had to go buy mushrooms with the 20 bucks I gave him for his son's desk. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, he was a mess. He, he, yeah, it was nuts, but they, they took care of him anyway. They didn't want to put him out on the street and then he never was out on the street, but he was like part of the, he was like the weird part of the family, the weirder part of the family. God bless him. But, uh, but yeah, Neil and I, we ended up being like roommates and he, um, he invited me back to, he had a, like a really big camper in the back of this huge, it was like a one and a half acre lot, um, over near Topanga Canyon. And I was like, wow, this is cool. So we, I lived there and his mom was a very famous movie star. And so she was also my roommate and his father or his stepfather was also our roommate. And we were all like living there together and it was actually pretty cool. So it was like, I became, I, I moved in, I became like the, another sibling, you know, I became like one of the family. And then John was like the odd man out. He was like the friend of the family type of thing. It was weird. I became like the golden child of the family, <laughs> the one that could pay rent <laughs> and on time. And, you know, thank you God for that. But, um, but Neil told me the rest of the story. He was just he'd been a tree topper his whole life in Oregon. He literally would shimmy up trees and, uh, cut the tops of trees. So they wouldn't interfere with power lines and there wouldn't be 
uh, problems with power lines. And that was his job since he was like 15 years old. And he said, I saw that tree and trees have always been there for me. Uh, I've always been there for the trees. And now this time that it was time for a tree to be there for me. And he, and he said, well, I'm a tree topper for a living. I know how tree structures are. And he went through that tree and he shaved the top of that tree off quite nicely with that airplane. He ended up gaining an honorary FAA pilot's license. And he said, you know, thank you. He took it, but he's like, I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to be in a plane again. And they were like, but you made such a good decision that, you know, you saved two, maybe three or four lives that day. Cause there are people in that house at the time it happened. And so anyway, now that my friend has distracted me, I don't know where I was going with that story other than, Oh yeah, the grand cosmic joke and the grand thing. I remember thinking that while he was doing this interview, I, I looked at him and I saw his face and I saw his eyes and I went, I want to know him. I want to know him. I like this guy. He's pretty cool. I like this guy. I want to know him. And uh, he was this very powerful energy, Aries. And um, years later, when I moved in, you know, he and I actually, we ended up dating for a while for a good I don't know. I'd say good on and off for like a year. We dated until he found this other woman he got very serious about. And he was like with her day and night for God, six months. And then she died. It was horrendously sad, you know, but they were really close. And then, you know, then he kind of came back around and we were kind of trying to see each other again for a while. But I started, um, I started dating a cop and everyone stayed away from me because they're like, Oh, I don't want them to know about the drugs. And my friend, the cop was like, I can't even go in your house anymore. I smelled weed. Like, look, I can't even turn a blind eye to this shit. And, and, and he's just like, I can't, I don't even, I, I don't know. And I was like, sorry. I had to meet him at the curb after that. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> and for a minute I had a type. I, cause I ended up, you know, a couple men later, I married a cop and I was married to him for 13 years. So you know, for a minute I had a type, <laughs> my clean cut cop guys, but, <laughs> but, um, anyway, but yeah, I remember thinking that that was weird that I, I thought I wanted to be with this guy. I wanted to know this guy. I wanted to be his best friend. And, and that's what we became for the longest time. And, um, we ended up working together when I didn't have money and we, and I made tons of money with him. We just, we sold strawberries in the desert. I literally sold strawberries on the side of the road and we had the time of our lives together. He was such a fun person. God bless him. He's still alive. I think he's in probably in Topanga Canyon, just doing his thing and probably selling berries on the side of the road still. (laughs) And, um, yeah. So anyway, that was, but that was one of those weird things where even if it seems like, oh my God, what a weird coincidence. I saw you on the news. I said, I want to know you. I had kind of like a little, ooh, hotsy totsy energy about you. Mm, he's kind of sexy. He's smart. I like smart, I like smart men and, and, uh, you know, dark haired, smart men. Just there's something about that combo for me. And, uh, and then here I meet him. We end up dating for a long time. And then But looking back, I realized we planned the whole thing out. It was planned out that 
he was going to fall from the sky in a plane and end up on the news. And I was going to end up falling in love with this TV show. I don't even remember what one it was. It was a TV show. I think it was Gabriel's fire because I was supposed to be on it as a waitress. I think that was really what it was. I was supposed to be on that show. And so I started watching the show to get a feel for it. And, uh, because I was supposed to be a part of it. And I think that's the show I was waiting for. And then here comes the news and here he is right at that. I mean, it was like all, everything was pre-planned and predestined, you know? And I mean, it probably took thousands of years to get all of that coordination just so from behind the scenes, you know, before we're even here. I mean, it takes a thousand years for a very simple, basic life to be planned out in heaven. The equivalent of earth years it's like a thousand years to plan it in heaven. So this world of light and shadow, all the darkness, all the lightness, all the perceived slights and the perceived fights and the bad things that you don't like, it's all most of it. Some stuff is random. There's a lot of random chaos here, but a lot of it is the things that stick with you the most, the things that bring you the most intensity, the things that really, uh, bring you the most, um, I I don't know the most, the, the, the highest quality lessons are the things that were pre-planned. That's all I'm trying to say. All right. Well, it looks like my energy is still mucking up my tablet. Um, it's plugged in. It should remain at 100%. And yet, no, it's at 87% now after 20 minutes of, I turned it on, started the show. (laughs) Ah, I have hopped four timelines since yesterday. Um, I caught my cat hopping a timeline without me, which made me kind of mad because she learned how to do it. And I caught her in the bathroom sitting there. Like she's waiting for the elevator doors to open. And I'm like, are you hopping a timeline right now without me? And she completely ignored me. She walked into the bedroom and she started looking around and then she walked into the kitchen as if she's never seen this room before or anything in it. I mean, I know that's what she was doing. She, I caught knowledge Ravenspell hopping a timeline. So here we go with the knowledge Ravenspell report. Cause you guys are going to love this. <laughs> uh, yesterday when I went down to get water at the store and I had the iguana in the path, the four foot iguana in my path, this cat almost attacked the iguana. I had to separate the two. <laughs> and then when the iguana turned and made its little thing under its neck bigger and started moving its head up and down a little bit, she freaked out and ran under the stairs. I was like, you better stay away from this lizard. This is like a baby dinosaur over here. You need to stop trying to mess with this kid. <laughs> so she did stop with that, but she, uh, brought in a, a gecko and ate it. Well, actually she ate its tail and left the dead desiccated gecko as a present for me and under the bed, which thank you. She told me she can't eat it. It's too spicy for her. I don't know what she means by that. If it's actually spicy to her, or if she heard me say, this is really spicy food. And she smelled, um, smelled it every time I'd say this is spicy food. She kind of knows what that smells like. So I guess, um, to her, a gecko 
smells like chili. (laughs) So there's that. That was super fun. Another thing with her, um, she, what else? I caught her yesterday trying to catch four different pigeons on four different occasions. And I had to tell her each time, you're not allowed to eat pigeons, sweetie. They are like the the junk food of the bird world. They're not healthy. (laughs) And she was kind of upset with me. I caught her trying to eat the harbinger bird that was trying to give me a message from God yesterday. And, And she almost got it and had to fly to the neighbor's yard and to continue its message. And it was shouting out its little, um, it was shouting out its little, uh, message to me as it was flying because the, the cat was trying to eat it. Um, what else? She's, she was being for a while. I mean, yesterday she was kind of being a little menace. I had to go outside and break it up a few times when she's trying to grab the birds. And last night she was fighting with another cat through the screen Yesterday, I saw the other cat that looks identical to her. His tail is a little less fluffy and his head had a lot of dirt on it. So I got mad at her for being dirty. I'm like, what are you doing? And he looked at me like, who the hell are you? Why are you talking to me? And I'm like, why is your head dirty? Get up here, knowledge Ravensbell. And, and then, and then she emerged from under the stairs and went, holy shit. I mean, they look like identical twins. The little boy that I, you know, if, if cats have twin flames, this is hers. (laughs) (laughs) but he's a little bastard. He always comes around to fight with her. And, uh, so he came around to fight with her right before the lizard appeared. And then, um, last night, little Godot, the one with the word God on his right shoulder, he came around and, uh, fought with her through the screen. They were attacking each other through the screen door. She has been a little menace. (laughs) So, so funny and also kind of cute. So, um, there's something else with her supernaturally. Oh, she's been attacking my feet while I sleep, which she doesn't normally do. She's been, um, wanting to go under the covers to calm down, uh, which is her new thing. She has to go underneath the covers and play underneath the covers and then she falls asleep. (laughs) you know, at night, she wants me to put her in bed every day, which is her newest thing. And, and then early in the morning, she usually comes and puts her head on my feet. Now that's another thing where she loves on my feet and she hugs me and she asks for an ice pack. Now when it's super, super hot right now, I let her outside so she could hang out outside. It is quite hot in here. It gets to be 90 to hundred degrees inside my apartment. And uh, even though it's only 84 outside, it's just the materials he used to build this place make it extremely hot. And he didn't know when he bought the materials that that's what would be the result, but should have put a lot more air ventilation in, I guess, because then we would have the cross breeze, which is quite pleasant and cold, actually, because it's coming up off the ocean. But, you know, hey, I guess hindsight and, you know, not wanting to do anything about it later that that does account to the heat in this place so uh woke up this morning my water was here at nine o'clock i they left me a message so i thought that was cool um so i don't know i just feel like um 
I must have gotten my sex appeal back. Uh, muscle testing says yes. I've hopped four timelines since the last episode I released to you guys. Um, I hopped ahead four hours one of the times. Um, I was listening to something on YouTube and woke up and it was had stopped. And I thought, why? Well, no, I didn't sleep eight hours yet. It was like around seven in the morning. So I went and looked. And usually after about... 10 minutes of idleness, the, um, the, uh, computer shuts down completely. And well, it hadn't shut down. It was still on. And I'm like, okay, so the thing must've just stopped. But I looked at the time and I looked at the eight hour meditation I was listening to overnight. And I could tell that I hopped ahead four hours that that it should have been four in the morning. Like I'd only listened to four hours of it. And if it had stopped three hours before, it would have been idle. So I know somehow something happened and I hopped a timeline. My electronics, at least my computer's working better. And I thought this one would be working better. But now I'm at 85% charge. (laughs) Going down every seven minutes by 2%. Um, Not good. That that part, not so good. Um, I don't know if if I, what I can do to stave off this inevitableness of the, uh, uh, of it losing the battery again. I'm going to have to stop this, charge it up with when it's turned off and then do the second half of this show, which is Wednesday show and today's Friday. So you guys, I'm so sorry for all of this craziness. Again, I know it's my own energy. God told me it takes when I have these massive downloads, I, suck the life out of everything or I don't know what I'm pushing. My energy is so big. It's pushing the electrons away from my devices so they cannot charge. That's what God told me this was. I thought that was really, really trippy. So that's pretty much, yeah. Muscle testing says that's what it is. Uh, if you didn't listen to Elena Chapman's interview yesterday, guys, Oh my God, you've got to go listen to it. She's really interesting. I hope the sound quality was good. I couldn't adjust it on my computer. I recorded it from, um, our zoom meeting and I don't know if she was loud into her, um, thing. And I don't know, I don't know what was happening to sound, but it, it was a very good interview. She's a very cool person. I will try to have her back on the show next season. I will be on her show, Um, probably in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I, I will have to tell you about it, I guess in season seven. Um, I do have that announcement that I made a couple days ago. I'm going to say it again. I am definitely going to take two to three months off between seasons. It was going to be two to three weeks, but it looks like I have this other project, which is really going to be the difference between me just living off and dwindling down my savings until I'm homeless (laughs) versus actually having enough money to purchase a house with cash. (laughs) So you got to see my priority here. Um, I got to keep knowledge Ravenspell in the good kitty litter. And I promised her I was going to buy her her own bedroom someday. So that's going to be, so this new project, once we start filming it, it's going to, it will give me enough money to buy a place to live and have more like stability. And then I can continue on with all of my projects, which will be of course, to include this fun little pet project of mine, metaphysical soul speak, the podcast as well. Um, you know, even though this is not keeping me in food at all, I'm literally just living off 
my little bit of savings and dwindling quick. So, um, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to take three months off between seasons. So probably sometime in July, I will have to do the show and I may only do 30 episodes and it just depends on when we start filming the show. If we could get it quickly done, if we could like, you know, get it ramped up in the fall, then I'm going to have a very happy winter. (laughs) So basically that's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to put together this other big, big project for Hollywood anyway. Um, but I will come back for you guys. So I just, I want to announce it now because, you know, I don't want to hear from you guys a month after this season ends going, are you ever coming back? It's like, yes, I'm coming back. I'm coming back in three months. I'm going to end in April. I will be back in July. (laughs) I have a lot of stuff I need to do. And that is why, because this project is not making me any money. Okay. I make $15 a month doing this show. That's it. So... (laughs) so I really need to make more than $15 a month. I need to make a hundred times that in order to survive. So, um, that's why I'm going to take so much time off. Anyway, uh, I wanted to give you what happened on Wednesday. This is Wednesday's show. Uh, so basically, um, let's see, I guess technically would this be Wednesday? Yeah. Um, the solar wind speed for Wednesday was 441.9 kilometers per second. And they were expecting a glancing blow in the earth's magnetic field of a CME, a coronal mass ejection from the sun. And they were expecting Aurora Borealis as well. It should be there now today. If, um, if it did happen. So if you're up in Finland or Sweden or, Iceland or any of those cool places, Greenland, even in the upper regions of Canada, you're probably going to see some cool stuff, but I don't know if it'll be low on the horizon. I don't know where it will be or when it's supposed to hit, but just, you know, keep your eyes peeled. And if you're anywhere else in the world, go ahead and, um, basically just look it up on YouTube. There's a lot of live Aurora Borealis video feeds, which are pretty, pretty cool. So there's a new, uh, possibly large sunspot emerging on the, um, above the equatorial part of the sun on the Western limb. We have two, uh, sunspots facing us right now, 2972 and 2974. And then plus this new one that's emerging and growing this sunspot that is more prominent right now is number 29. That's the one facing us now. That's, uh, the one to look out for. There were, on March 23rd, four fireballs reported by NASA's All-Sky Cameras and the All-Sky Fireball Network. And according to Finland's uh, University of Ulu-Sorankaila Geophysical Observatory, the cosmic radiation or rays reaching Earth were high at a high level. <clears throat> they were actually, um, there was 0% change in the past 48 hours, and there was 7.5% of the space age average. So that's considered to be pretty high. And in Schumann resonance news from disclosurenews.it, what we have is, okay, so what they said for the description, even today, the primary frequency continued to oscillate below the base value. These oscillations became slightly wider from four UTC time. And in the period that followed until 13 UTC, there were slight movements in the amplitude test I mean, in the amplitude, I'm sorry, that reached 
for three times power 12 times. So basically 12 and then 12 and then 12 at 4, 630 and also 1030 UTC time. Now from 13 UTC time, my favorite number 13, the calm returned even if the frequency continues to remain in the low quadrant. So that's what happened on the 23rd. Um, all right. And as far as, let's see, I've got to go back here. We're going to uh, Monday, March 21st. That's where we would have been had we done the show on the right day, Dagnabbit. Uh, so hopefully Saudi Arabia and Northland New Zealand continue to be at zero hertz frequency. They're just still down on the mat, according to HeartMath Institute and HeartMath.org. California was at 40 hertz frequency. Lithuania was at 121 hertz frequency. Alberta, Canada was at 78 hertz frequency. And last but not least, Hulului, South Africa, coming in with an angel number at 199 hertz frequency. You can take that as 199 or 99. Look it up in your favorite angel number app or book, and you're going to see what that message is for you. If you keep seeing these numbers that are repeating, it is a message for you. So there you have it. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to do a little bit of channeling of the prime creator for the collective right after this itty bitty musical ditty. guys so I am a channeler um, via telepathy which means I channel um, indirectly and direct channelers will leave their body and allow a spirit or entity to come and take over take over their uh, physical body and their vocal cords Um, sometimes just the vocal cords but sometimes the whole thing I just don't do that. That freaks me out just a tad too much. So I have been uh, using telepathy my entire life, maybe more than this life. I'm not sure, but it is a God-given gift and therefore I use it for good. (laughs) And so here we are. Um, I've been channeling or at least via telepathy. using telepathy basically my entire life since I was a toddler, but I've been channeling, um, for you guys publicly for like four years now. And I've done it privately for about 20 years for, you know, close friends and people. when I see, uh, a need for it, uh, I went one time into a, um, hotel and the guy was, really broken up over the loss of his mother and his mother had died like within the past year or two. And he was talking about her as if she died last week. And it was really heartbreaking to see. And all of a sudden I kept getting distracted by an empty chair behind him. And then I realized that's because I could see energy in the chair. I said, well, your mother's sitting right behind you. And I channeled his mother for him. (laughs) She telepathed with me and we had a conversation and I told him everything that she said. 
and it brought him a great deal of comfort. He was so sad. He had left India and she was from India and I think she was living with him for a while, went back to India and died. And she, he was just like heartbroken that he ever thought to go to the U S and leave uh, motherland India. He was really upset about that. And that was maybe, um, one of the first times I ever kind of did this for a stranger. He became a friend quickly because of this though, because I was able to channel his mom and I've been doing this for people in readings. I've been doing this, um, randomly, you know, just meet people. And then suddenly they need, um, a message. I will be talking to a friend and all of a sudden just blurt out whatever God wants them to know. I and my father are one. Uh, that's what Jesus used to say. And that's what I say, because I've been, um, a part of this co-creation with prime creator consciously since 2007. That's when I first took on the mantle and I told God, I want to be an instrument of your love and your peace and help you by helping others. I want to serve you, O Lord, through the service of others. And I want you to set out the tasks before me, but just take care of me financially and make sure everything is good in my life. And then I will just go around doing whatever random task you need of me. And that has led me, um, to many wild places, including six different countries. And I was uh, given money to do this, um, from the government because my husband died and I was given uh, a benefit death benefits. So the whole time I was raising my kids, I raised them in while on the road traveling throughout all these countries. And I was given the gifts of being able to just randomly help people. You know, um, I had, you know, the, the word of mouth spread in Bogota and people kept coming to the hostel where I was staying for random healings. And I mean, I pulled out all the stops, every tool in my, (laughs) in my toolbox, uh, to help everybody that was there. And then in Peru, I was doing this for animals, cats and dogs and, and random animals that needed my help. Um, it was really wild. It's been pretty, a pretty wild trip. I no longer have the death benefits, but my kids are grown. And now God's providing me with another opportunity. So, you know, Hey, knock on wood, that works out, um, really well. But, um, even today, even this afternoon, I went to get my laundry from the, uh, laundromat. And when I did so, this dog came up to me and asked me for energy. So I gave him energy. He needed me, needed my help. He had some pain in his hips. And so I gave him a little bit of Reiki energy and the guy was wondering what I was doing. So I had to explain, you know, the dog came and leaned on my legs like the dogs do when they need help. Yeah. So it's just, it is what it is, but I've been channeling energy from God. I've been channeling messages from God. I've been channeling, um, via telepathy from deceased folks, from interdimensionals, extra dimensionals, archangels, um, goddesses, gods, volcanoes, the sun, the moon, the earth. (laughs) I channel, um, whatever is needed 
as a message to be heard by you guys, my dear listeners. So it is what it is. <laughs> but as I and my father are one, Prime Creator has requested that he be the speaker tonight. So without further ado, I'm going to take a few breaths and I'm going to channel Prime Creator for you guys. <sighs> All right, begin transmission. Greetings, everyone. It is I, Prime Creator. I am here to deliver a message. For those of you who are listening, there will be some kernels of truth that maybe you have perhaps been seeking out while you traverse this world along your journey and especially your spiritual journey. We divine mother and I are always watching your progress and we are pleased at what we see. Many of you have turned inwardly. You have turned away from the outer noise of the greater world in general. You have turned away from going to events and he's showing me sporting events and he showed me the Los Angeles freeway for some reason. I don't know what that's going to mean to you guys, but some of you might relate uh, to that specifically. Oh, I had to pause it for a minute. I I heard something outside and there's these uh, crazy Ecuadorian possums and they start hissing in one of the most sinister ways I've ever heard an animal hiss. It's so creepy, and I didn't want you guys to hear that and get creeped out. (laughs) You can look this up on the internet. You, If you see this creature, you're going to know what I mean by when I say that these are quite creepy. (laughs) They're cute in their weird little way, but they're like, man, there's something... Like they look like they come out of a horror movie. <laughs> They're very shy and they will run away hissing while their body puffs up and they smell like body odor. <laughs> it's really, really weird. Ooh, weird. And I love the animals here. The animals here are unique and strange. Anyway, we'll get back to the message. I don't know why he was showing me the, the uh, freeway. He was saying events and they showed a bunch of people in cars on the freeway, but the traffic was flowing nicely. And that to me signifies that a lot of people are staying home. He hinted at the possibility because of the pandemic, people decided instead to stay home. And when you stay home, that means you're going to be attending to your inner life, your inner world, instead of focused on the outer world and what other people are doing with their lives, such as going to musical concerts. He did kind of show me a, a really quick flash of, uh, the Hollywood bowl. And, um, and he showed me like a sports arena and then he showed me, um, kind of a flash of what I can only determine to be, um, it was like a series of sporting events like basketball, baseball, soccer field, um, you know, just, but it was like, so 
rapid. Now, uh, one thing I want to mention, uh, before I get right back into this is that when you are a telepathic channeler, like I am now, maybe other people do it different, but I don't receive only words. I receive feelings and colors and pictures and scents where I can actually smell some things sometimes. Um, and I also get impressions of like a reverie or emotion kind of feeling. And it's a bunch of information that's delivered like in real time or sometimes in a full download or a packet of information. So imagine, you know, you wanted to know what you're supposed to be doing this week and you get on Monday, this giant box and you open it up and it's filled with books and papers and CDs and cassette tapes. And, and you're just like, ah, it's like so much information. Where do I start? How do I, what do I do? And it it would be, it's kind of like that. Like, I don't know where to start. What do I do? How do I begin? And I have to unravel the information and decipher it as it comes in right now. He's showing me, um, he's giving me words and then he's showing me, um, impressions, concepts and ideas in an abstract way. And he wants me to put my own spin on what I see with all always keeping in line and alignment with his generalized meaning. And I have to, as I describe it to you guys, I have to describe it in a way that flows for me. And when it starts to flow backwards, cause I'm not getting the meaning, then I get like in my third chakra, kind of a, it's that kind of a scratchy sort of almost like the scratch in the back of your throat, but it's like in the back of my third chakra. It's like an energetic kind of a, uh, no, I didn't get that right type of energy. And I'm feeling that right now, but I feel that there's some tension in some of you who are listening to this. And as soon as I said that the cat just started stretching out on her shelf because I channeled that. So, um, some of you need to let go of the tension in your third chakra in your stomach area. God's telling me you're going to be okay. Don't worry. You're going to hear the news that's coming and it's going to be positive. So someone needed to hear that. All right. So I'm going to get back into it, but I, I just wanted to explain a little further, uh, how this works. Um, all right. All right. Knowledge. She's enjoying this. She likes these days when I channel, right? You like it when mommy channels, huh? She's up on the shelf, just staring at me and just kind of winking at me and gently wagging her little tail at me. All right. We're going to get back into it. All right, now that made her wag her tail, point her, point her foot upward, and, <laughs> and then she winked at me. All right, so here we go. Go ahead, Prime Creator. You have been limited in your world in many different ways, and we have discussed this earlier um, in other channelings, but there's one thing that you have not uh, fully grasped grasped conceptually yet is that it wasn't only about lifting of the veil and becoming aware 
of your spirituality and your spiritual life. It wasn't only about increasing spiritual vibrations and your spiritual awareness. It wasn't only about the renting of the veil so that you can see that you were able to uh, be stopped and slowed down so that you could see what was before you all along. It was more so you can get in alignment with your higher truth, your higher self and become a more authentic person an authentic individual. This was necessary because there was a lot of ego based posturing. There was a lot of ego based moves as if you were playing chess on a chessboard and you were some of you at least were looking at other people as pawns. You were hoping that you were the king and not the pawn or the cunning queen. And some of you knew that you were the knight that had to kind of run interference to protect the kings, but also to overlord your expertise over the pawns. A lot of you can relate to this kind of thinking where you see yourself as a piece on a board. You are a member or a member player in the greater game of humanity. And if you want to look at it as a game, you could say that we're getting ready to gear up humanity 3.0. 1.0 was humanity still mostly asleep. A few awakened souls leading the rest who pretend they're following, but they don't really understand. And then we had 2.0, which has come about since the apocalypse started. This come about since the Armageddon days have begun. And now we're getting ready to go into phase three of this process which is where you're going to want to sit still as the world opens up and you have the ability to go back to your old jobs and your old ways. Many of you are going to choose yet a different path. And this is by design because you've been awakened to the reality and the truth of what is happening. And once your eyes are open, you cannot go back asleep because it just won't do. It's not going to do for you to do so. Going back asleep is not conducive to entering into the new world and the new vibration and visiting and becoming a part of the new reality that has been laid out before you. Once you taste the beauty and the joy and you have transcended the petty is issues and the petty disturbances that have broken your 
concentration on pure love and have disturbed your peace that usually resides in your innermost hearts. Once you get a taste of this high vibrational energy and you start to see the world before you unfold in new and extraordinary ways, there is no reason and no rhyme into going back into your slumber where you don't have the answers readily available at the tip of your mind. People in your world in phase one always turn to books or the computer or each other for answers. And in phase two, the answers are starting to come to you in flashes, in dreams, in quick visions, in quick downloads, in quick packets of light that burst inside you. And then suddenly you knew. Well, phase three is going to be quite different when you ascend into your higher reality and your higher vibration and your bodies become accustomed to the higher vibrational energy. You start to work with the higher reality, including what has been known as the invisible forces, the energies all around you that have always been there to serve but you were unaware of them in this new reality. You are going to be able to discern knowledge and truth quite quickly. You'll ask a question and a bird will fly in your path and give you the answer. You will understand the language of the birds on a level you never understood before. You will look into the sky and you will get your answers. You will see what other people are thinking by what appears to you before your eyes in the sky. Not everyone can see it. Not everyone is in this reality yet. You will get answers in the whispers on the wind. You will hear the voices of the flowers, as you smell the answers, they come into your body in different ways. When you eat, when you drink, when you dance, when you dance and when you listen to music, And when you hear animals making the various noises that animals make, you will start to discern truths and realities that you never knew existed before. When you smell the scent on the wind from the night blooming Jasmine, there's a story there. It tells you something that nobody else can hear because you're hearing it through your senses and your sense reality is expanding in in numerous ways. You are becoming multidimensionally aware. 
You have always been multidimensional beings, but you have not always been multidimensionally aware in the ways that you are about to become aware. We hope that this knowledge and that this provides an endless source of fascination for you and your spiritually inclined peers as you venture forth and you start to notice when you hop timelines and you start to notice when your world is different and you notice shifts in energy that is so subtle that only the most attuned can feel it, sense it, know it, understand it, and become it. When you realize that you're unstuck in this universe and you do not have to go along with the reality programming that everyone else is living by, you start to understand that you are a co-creator in the co-creation. There is the grosser points of the law of attraction and the finer points of the law of attraction and the grosser points of the law of attraction is when you start to become aware that you can create your world and your reality just by thinking or feeling about something or both thinking and feeling depending on where your level of training is at. But when you start to command that your reality bend to your will versus begging and pleading of the universe or seeking out signs that maybe you're doing something right. When you start to realize that you are a creator, not a being that has to beg and plead for every point and part of reality to maybe possibly go their way. You start to bring to you the things that you desire, the experiences that will soar your soul to greater and even greater still heights. There is a quote in the Bible about soaring on the wings of eagles. And this is an apt way of putting what we are trying to get across to you tonight. Most people are chickens. They're walking on a road, eating whatever grains they can on the side of the road, but they're unable to fly. In fact, they're unaware that they even have wings. They think that their fate is sealed, that they will plump themselves up and then eventually just die. But they don't realize they can fly. Did you know that chickens can fly? They can fly if they realize it, but most chickens don't realize it because they are first raised in a cage and they're taught that they can't fly. But you, my dear children, are 
not chickens, you're not pigeons. You are eagles and you can fly high in the sky and transform yourself even into a greater creature, the mythical Phoenix. And you can raise yourself and your vibration so high that you go beyond the material world. And you realize that the ideas that you had of yourself as a chicken or a pigeon or a dove or an eagle or even a peacock in some cases, all of that was just an illusion because you never really existed in this reality to begin with. You've always existed in multiple realities. Therefore, you are multidimensional. The colors that you will see will be matched by new scents that you smell, will be matched by new sensations that you feel throughout your physical body and throughout your subtle vibrational bodies. As you become more and more attuned to energy signatures, you're going to learn how to go with the flow and the current of the vibrational energy all around you. You will start to discern what energy matches your vibration and your energy signature that you came along. So for example, if you came here to earth on the blue ray, an energy of the vibrational color of blue, and that is your signatory energy. You're going to start to smell what goes corresponding with blue. So you might not be interested in fruits or vegetables or scents or flowers that correspond to red or orange. You will want to go with the blue energy because it flows more with your vibration. Now this doesn't make a lot of sense to most of you now, but eventually you're going to discern this. You will eat foods that flow with your vibration. You will go towards outfits or clothing that go with your flow and your vibration. For some of you that might be white clothing that's very lightweight and cotton. For some of you that might mean blue jeans and t-shirts. For some of you that might mean shorts. For others that might mean dresses. If you're male or female, you may end up wearing the equivalent of what you consider to be a dress because that feels better for you. Eventually, as you drop the ego, as you drop the accoutrements that you have gathered up throughout your lifetime, ideas and thoughts of others, beliefs that others have put on you and the beliefs that you've put on yourself and the ideas of what you wanted for yourself. You see people that you think, oh, that person looks neat. That person looks cool. I like their energy signature. So you try to vibe like them. You wear t-shirts like them or, or shirts or shoes like them. You'll wear a jacket like them. 
And none of these things vibe with your energy signature. Elena had a style in California that matched her energy signature. It was the long flowy broom skirts with a tank top. And she called it hippie wear, but it was more of an energy signature that kind of flowed with her vibration with her long hair flowing down her back with a long broom skirt. There's kind of a flow to this style, but balancing it with combat boots. This was her style. And when she would wear business suits, she was trying to fit in to a different reality that didn't totally flow for her. And she didn't realize at the time that it was hard to make friends that were long lasting because her energy was blocked because a business suit wasn't her style. But when she wore the broom skirts and the tank top and the combat boots and she felt alive and free and flowing and can turn on music there that she could sing to and every part of her day would flow freely. When she would wear certain perfumes, things would flow freely. When she'd wear different scents that she thought maybe smelled good and maybe would get the approval of others or maybe other people might think that she's sophisticated, it never flowed correctly. People sometimes would get angry at shirts that she would wear. On the show, she's talked about a specific orange shirt that she kind of liked. And it was funny to her that other people would react negatively. And some people would come out and, and say, I don't like that color. And it was an orange sherbet color. It was a lovely color, but it wasn't her style necessarily, but she liked the color too. It didn't flow and it did block her a little bit, but, and it blocked her throat chakra and her heart chakra a little bit, but it gave her a protection and it made her laugh when other people would say, Oh, I don't like that color. And when people would be angry at her for wearing that shirt and there was nothing on the shirt, it was a normal shirt. No words, no pictures, just a normal shirt looked good on her, but it didn't flow with her energy style and signature. And that made people very angry. And you might notice in your life and in your world that you are not wearing something that flows with your higher vibration and people might respond badly to it. Elena encountered a man who got angry that she wore combat boots He said that she always wants to fight, and that wasn't the case at all. She wanted to feel safe and secure in shoes that she could run in and feel safe in, and that made her feel steady on her feet, and her ankles felt supported, and that felt supportive of her spine, and walking in the combat boots, she felt 
powerful, empowered, and standing tall. And one person she encountered got very angry about the combat boots because he read into it in a much different way. One day she wore dog tags from her father because she wanted to feel closer to her adopted father. She had stolen these dog tags from him and loved these dog tags from when he was in the military because it made her feel closer to him. He wore these every day for years and had his energy signature on it. And they had a similar energy signature and it flowed for her. But the man who saw the combat boots had a negative reaction because he thought of war and he had a negative reaction because he saw the dog tags and he assumed that Elena wanted to fight and be in war and think about negative stuff. And for her, it was the love of her father and feeling solid in her own shoes and in her own clothes and in her own style. It made her feel powerful. And this man also had an aversion when women felt powerful. And her peace that came internally when she wore these things that flowed with her style irritated this man because he was not comfortable with his own style. He wore a beard on his face because he thought it made him look more friendly and it was an aversion to his style. And he got mad when other people around him felt in alignment with their style. And all of this was subtle energy and he had no idea that this is what was happening. But this was something that no one else knew either because no one was aware of subtle energy at that time. But looking at this as an example, you might see this in your own world in which people don't flow with their own style and then they get mad when other people do. Or when somebody doesn't flow with their own style and another person comes along and sees there's a disconnect in the color they're wearing or the outfit they're using to showcase themselves that day when it's out of alignment and the person that's seeing them is in alignment with themselves They get mad at that because they want that person to be in alignment with themselves. And so you can see that the energy of this can flow both ways. There is a way in which the energy can flow easily. If everyone connects to their signature style and their signature scents and their signature colors and the way that the fabrics feel and move and flow. as well as the food and the every little part of your life as everything is chosen. So maybe um, if it flows for you to eat sourdough bread and it flows for you to wear a blue outfit with flowy fabric and it flows for you to ride a bicycle instead of taking a taxi and you go every and you do everything exactly in alignment with that flow of who you are. That's when your days go the most beautifully, the most smoothly. And that is when you touch the most lives. 
And if everyone starts to get in alignment and in touch with who they are energetically on that subtle body, subtle energy level, you're going to start to see your world flow smoother. The weather patterns will calm down. The natural disasters will cease. Wars will collapse. Economies will rise. The world around you will be transformed. Peace is on its way. Love is on its way. Flow is on its way. There's a brighter, happier day coming, and that day will last 1,000 years. Possibly more, depending upon the reality flow of humanity. I am your prime creator. Prime uh, Creatrix is always with me. We are always loving you. We love what we see. We would like to wish you good luck in finding your subtle energy flow. We will come back again and give you another message in the future. Until then, though, we love you. We love you very, very much. We are grateful that you are discovering who you truly are and you are flowing with the energy, the joy, the vibration of your own soul. We love you and we wish you good luck on your journey. Know that this is the beginning now of Humanity 3.0. Enjoy your journey into your ascended selves. And transmission. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. It was short and sweet this night, and um, which is good because I still have four more hours to record tonight. And luckily, now everything. I went out of the house. I did a few things. I flowed in a different way, and the energy in my body is flowing in such a way that I'm not blocking the electrons from inhabiting my tablet and stopping it from charging again. Thank God. So here we go. I'm on a hundred percent still at the end of 40 minutes. So, Oh, who boy. Thank God. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to stop this now. And then I'm going to do Thursdays and Fridays show tonight. And tonight is Friday. So a lot more work I got to do. <laughs> anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of metaphysical soul speak, the podcast. I will be back later with all new and original programming, just like always. You may contact me at mermaidgirl888 on Instagram. You can donate to me at mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com through Zelle or through PayPal. And I wanted to thank you for those of you who have helped me out along my journey as I am here giving you all of this free information and advice and ideas to help you out on your journey. So thank you so much for um, your support, your listenership, and thank you for telling all your friends about it as they begin to awaken spiritually. So that's it for now, guys. I love you very much, and I will be back.
But right now I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. guys, I've been making episodes of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, for a while now, and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast. Well, I have two solutions for this question. Number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the Anchor app, locate my channel, and sign up anywhere from $0.99 to $9.99 monthly, and you can stop anytime. Or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via Zelle, bank to bank, or through PayPal using my email, mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com, also located in the show description. Now with this option, you aren't uh, obligated monthly in any way, and you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you.